Welcome to Matter of Fat, a body positive podcast with Midwest sensibilities. Hi, I'm Kat Palavoda, a local fat feminist, shop owner, and lifetime member of the Chub Rub Club. <laughs> I'm joined by my co-host and producer, Soraya Bogani. Hi, I'm Soraya. I'm a fat, multiracial, Minneapolitan millennial who enjoys a tropical getaway, but does not trust a place without season changes. <laughs> We're here to talk about the cultural politics of fat bodies here in Minneapolis, St. Paul, and the greater Midwest. Y'all, season two is feeling so good already. This is our second episode, two by two, baby. Yes, yes. We loved catching up last episode as we introduced the new season. And this episode, we're sharing our first interview of season two. But of course, before we get into that, we've got to get into the the fat fat dish. dish. What do you all know about the fat dish? Kat, tell the people. We're here to dish up a smorgasbord of local events and personal newsworthy dish with a focus on body size, body positivity, and fat liberation. Now that we've got you all ready and raring for this smorgasbord. Okay, you're making fun how I say that. Tenterhooks. We're going to interrupt for a little something new this season. Oh, hello. Fancy meeting you here. What are we up to, you may ask? Well, Matter of Fat is here for a happening season two with so much in store for all of our adoring friends and fans. Well, you. We know you're on tenterhooks just thinking about what's to come. Oh, oh, what's that? You're interested in knowing how you can help and support? (laughs) Well, we know you're listening, subscribing, rating, and reviewing. You may have even joined our Matter of Fat friends and fans Facebook group. And there might be one more way that you can help. Know anyone who would like to sponsor an episode of the pod? We're looking for businesses, brands, orgs, anyone near or far doing something rad and fat that might align with the wants and needs of said friends and fans. That's right. You. Send them our way so MOF can be a more sustainable project for you and your listening pleasure. And we're back. Well, that was weird. Sorry. We've got some quick and potent hitters for y'all. First, gotta mark your calendars for the big fat super swaps that are coming up. Yeah, we've talked about and interviewed folks involved in the swaps before, but just in case you don't know or don't remember, these are fabulous clothing swaps for fat and plus people of all genders. The summer in betweeny, sizes large to 2XL, swap is June 9th next to cake plus size resale, and the summer big fat super swap, sizes 2XL and up, will be at the Nokomis Community Center gym. Um, suggested donation of $10 for the in-betweeny swap and 5 for the big fat super swap. Come early, bring a bag. Those are my suggestions. <laughs> Uh, Another event, I'm really excited to announce that my shop, Cake Plus Size Resale, will be hosting our second annual Fat Splash, a fat pool party. Last year we had a blast, um, and this summer's will be even bigger. The upcoming Fat Splash will be the evening of Saturday, July 27th at Sabbath JCC in St. Louis Park. Tickets will be available in just a few days, starting June 1st. All right, four words for y'all. Rad Fat Adventure Camp. Summer rapidly approaches, and that means it's peak camp time. I'm not into that whole winter camping situation. So whether you're a seasoned camper or enjoyed living vicariously through Hallie and Annie in the Parent Trap or Wednesday and Pugsley in the Adams Family Values, this will be a good time. The Radical Health Alliance presents this camp adventure with a health at every size perspective. So, you know, it's good from September 27th through the 29th. Check out show notes for more information. And scholarships are available. And we'll be doing a session there. (laughs) Oh, there are so many great events coming up. So much great stuff to dish about. But wait, we can't forget to dish about our lives. (gasps) My favorite. Soraya, what's new with you? Well, 
I just got back from a week of work travel that was divine. So I work in higher education and this trip was like a welcome opportunity to connect with students, faculty and staff in a way I don't normally. And I'm not going to bore you with the specifics of my work, but it wasn't a word endearing. Oh, you have to say more about that. And this was like in a tropical place. Re your Florida. intro. Yeah, yes, you're yes, intro, yes. Right? It was really nice because when I left, it was just kind of like rainy and dark here mm-hmm. and like things hadn't been popping yet. And so I came back and it was really nice and springy. And it was beautiful down in Jacksonville, Florida. But um, yeah, I just love season changes. So um, I also love learning. So yes. I come from a long line of teachers and it's so cool to see people excited about their education and like actively doing something that makes them feel excited about their future and how they can help other people. Um, some background, I work with social work students and last week was an important time in their degree where they get to practice and are tested on their professional skill set. So I just like love the fact that they traveled from all over the country at great personal costs. Yeah. I mean, both like travel and lodging and meals, but also leaving behind children and family members and probably caseloads of people who really need their mm-hmm. skills and help. And they undertake this nervy and important week. Um, and they, for the most part, flourished and built such a beautiful community with their faculty oh. and other students. And that was really cool to witness. Like I talk about it and I get to work one on one with these students throughout the year. But um, it was just really nice that at the end of the experience, some students thanked me for helping to create a safe and happy environment, which is just like uh, oh, personal goals. Of course. Of, I mean, I just can't imagine. Of course you create those kind of environments well, for them. Thank you. So I'm all about creating a vibe in a space where people can feel comfortable and can challenge and, and grow themselves. So it was nice to get that immediate feedback. Awesome. Nice little endorphin rush. But um, I also felt like a business bitch flying out for work, which was yes. a nice change to my regular work schedule. So overall, feeling really good, feeling really great. And you are rocking those business cash outfits too, right? Yes, mm-hmm. yes. So that was really cute. One of the things that I got to do was welcome people to breakfast and lunch. So I would just like stand in front of the ballroom that was hosted at for like an hour and a half each day, which was like not that exciting, except it was like an opportunity to be like, ha, good morning. Acknowledge me before you have coffee. I also haven't had coffee. We'll make this happen. But it was really nice because sometimes people would compliment my outfits. Mm -hmm. And so every day I try to show up and be a little uh, polished and profesh. And yeah, it was a nice, nice experience. Well, that's so cool. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad you got to do that. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, and I'm back at it, back at the pod, Mm -hmm. like immediately got back, and we jumped into the studio, so I mean- Like immediately, you flew in on Thursday, and Thursday night we were in here working. Yeah, gotta get to work, back to the grind. No, it's not a grind, (laughs) but I think that brings up a good point, like Kat, what is new with you? Because we didn't really talk when I was gone. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'm going to make mine kind of quick. Is Beautiful. that okay? Yes. I um, so Efficiency the, is very lean. I love it. <laughs> lean. Um, the reason I feel like I'm getting good at like boom, boom, boom updates. So I have been getting spray tans once a week for like the last couple months. I found a place that I really like. I like the girl who's there. Is yeah. it is it like friends okay. with Ross? It's like because okay, I have no concept of spray tans. I don't so, I don't get spray tans. The Ross, so like that episode of Friends, like that's actually kind of what it's like. Um, in like if you go in the like a booth in like a regular tanning place. Okay, and that's except, not what you do. Except like it's not as easy to mess it up. They obviously like <laughs> made it silly for the episode, right? Okay. Um, and so I tried that a little bit last summer, but this summer, I, or I guess it started kind of in spring. I've been going um, to someone who does it like airbrush style. So she just like 
brays me down. But because it's a person um, kind of making things right for me, she's able to select the like the color that's right, that's like not going to look orange or too dark or weird or that mm-hmm. kind of thing. And then also just like covers me better because it's like a person doing it and not a machine. So you're like dressing down to your comfort? Oh, I'm like naked. Oh, yeah. okay. Oh, yeah. Not, and not everyone does it naked, but I do like, oh, I don't know. And I talked to her about that beforehand. Like, is that appropriate? Is that okay? Mm-hmm. I also asked like, hey, do you, do like fat people come and see you? Like, is this something that like you are experienced with for fat people? And mm-hmm. she's been really cool and worked with me and it's been a really good experience. And she's super kind. And so every week I see her for like a total of 12 minutes. Nope. And she's always asking me what's up. So I'm like, boom, boom, boom. Here's what's new. So you ready for it? Yeah, I'm Here's ready. what's new since mm-hmm. last time we put out an episode. Um, I got a big fig mattress. I officially got seasonal allergies. <laughs> I cannot deny them anymore. <laughs> Not uh, just a bug. <laughs> no. I got back on Tinder. Oh. It's so bleak, but I am trying. <laughs> Um, I moderated an amazing panel at a Pollen Midwest event. Yeah, um, It was a work redux focused on bodies. So it was such a cool opportunity to talk about what we talk about here mm-hmm. and what I talk about a lot um, in, in my work. Proud of you. Thank you. Uh, oh, my shop had a record sales day. Oh, out Ooh. of control. Awesome. Um, and I'm newly obsessed with Jasmine Guillory's romance novels on audiobook, of course. <laughs> I'm just oh so good. Uh, speaking of like rom-com things, I saw The Long Shot and loved it and identified both <gasps> with like Seth Rogen's character and a lot with Charlize Theron's character. I just felt like, I don't know, I, because I identified with both of them so much, I was so happy that they fell in love. Uh, spoily, but duh, it's a rom-com. Um, and I caved. I rarely buy anything full price ever, but I caved and bought a pair of Universal Standard overalls. They're great. They're like... Well, what long torso dreams are made of. Like, they actually sit at my waist with very minimal camel toe, and that's honestly all I can ask for. So, <laughs> feeling good. The little things we can yeah. ask for. <laughs> so, yeah, that's boom, boom, boom. That's what I've been up to. And under 12 minutes, too. Now we get to get into it with our first interview of Season 2. Diva Blaze, we're so happy you're with us today. Hi, thank you. Oh, thank you so much for being here. Okay, so we're going to start with the the question we ask all of our guests, which is, tell us your story as a matter of fat. And Diva, I think we'll start with you. All right. Hi. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Uh, I am Diva Rose, and just to be clear, that is spelled D-double-E, I'm pointing to my chest, (laughs) V-A Rose. (laughs) Whoops. (laughs) That was a mistake as a child, or as a baby burlesker, whatever. I am a burlesque performer, producer, and teacher here in Minneapolis and the Twin Cities. I am a performer with the Vigilantes Collective. We are a crew of queer artivists and doing burlesque or drag and doing all the things. Awesome. <laughs> and I also produce with um, a local company called Sweet Soiree. And I've just anointed myself as headmistress of the Rose Academy of Burlesque. Yes, your own school, right? Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it is my my own curriculum. I'm doing doing what I've always wanted to do, and I'm so so happy yes. to be here. <laughs> um, so my matter of fat. Um, I've always been a performer, um, specifically in theater. I I grew up <laughs> doing theater, musical theater. Choir, like oh, all like, the good stuff. Oh man, you should see my letter jacket <laughs> from high school. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so cool. No, <laughs> pushes glasses up. Um, <laughs> but I, I went to school 
beautiful at uh, Mankato State University, Mankato. That was repetitive. That's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. But I went to school for uh, theater. I've got my Bachelor of Science in theater, which sounds a little redundant, but that's okay. A BS in theater. (laughs) Whoops. But um, I remember specifically, I'll never forget this one moment, um, when a professor told me that I needed to lose weight in order to be cast. And I know for a fact, because I know exactly how much I weighed, and it was absolutely the smallest point in my entire life uh, mm-hmm. as an adult, that, like, I, you know, I, I would never get back to that weight. Who cares? But it was such a heartbreaking moment that I know kind of, like, directed me away from performing. And I was mm. like, oh, well, I'll just become a stage manager, and I'll just become a costume designer. And those are super valued outstanding positions Mm -hmm. that are like so respectful of course and like I'm so grateful for having the opportunity to learn those skills but I had always kind of just ruled out like I'm not a dancer I'm not an actor I can't sing I'm not good at this and Mm -hmm. I I don't the more I dig like the older I get that like hmm I wonder if that specific moment because I can see it (laughs) um might have really impacted uh what I could have been Mm-hmm. But thankfully, when I got out of school, um, I had the opportunity to start taking burlesque classes. And I fell into um, a community that w- encouraged me to shake my ass just the way it is. <laughs> Specifically, I credit that to becoming a member of the Vigilantes Collective uh, and just being with humans that will love you just the way you are. Plus, it helps that it's, like, really fun taking your clothes off in front of people when they throw money at you. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. um, And then, I don't know, Kat found you on the internet. Yes. And I was like, well, I have to go (laughs) meet this woman. (laughs) And I don't know. The rest is history. I think, I mean, I think it's because of you, Kat, that, like, really got me into fat positivity. Because I I didn't know that was a thing (laughs) until um, becoming friends with you and... I don't know, business partners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we've produced a show together. Right, right? Exactly. business partners. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is pretty cool. And uh, the Twin Cities Fat Community. Like, I saw, I saw a post that I had posted at the beginning of the year, say like in the Twin Cities Fat Community, talking about how this was the first year I'm not starting the year on a diet, mm. and that is so liberating and so wonderful. So. That's all. That's all. You know, that's your story. story. As a matter of fact, (laughs) I love it. Thank you so much for sharing. Yeah, thank you. And Blaze, how about you? Uh, Well, my name is Blaze Bordeaux, and I am the 2018 World Karaoke Champion. Yes. That's right. I have the gold medal, and I'm also (laughs) the 2017 duet silver medalist of the world. That's awesome. So, you know, medals, I'm stacking. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I'm I'm based out of the Twin Cities. I'm a male entertainer slash vocalist slash band leader um i am part of the vigilantes collective which you've just heard from diva that is you know pretty awesome amazing crew of people awesome i am the lead singer of hurricane karaoke and lead singer of hurricane blaze um and i am just you know musician trying to kind of blend the art of drag and burlesque together um so, you know, a lot of that just started being cultivated with the Vigilantes Collective. It was kind of like I started out in drag in the Twin Cities mm-hmm. and, you know, with Dragged Out and even before that, 24 Carat Kings. 
which is like way back. Um, so I, I've been performing now for like 10 years actually. Um, and it's just kind of morphed into, I kind of just do a little bit of everything, hosting. Um, I haven't done producing yet because that's just a lot of organization. And I like just, you know, I like being like me, 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 you know, just that's where I thrive, you know, right in front of people. Um, so, uh, you know, mad props to people who produced. Oh. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, kind of the matter of fat for me was uh, when I was five years old, well, a week before my fifth birthday, I had an accident where I had three gallons of hot corn oil fall on me. Mm. Um, and, you know, I got burned very severely throughout my body and I almost died from dehydration. So, yeah, not fun story, but I they put me in a coma for a couple of days and then I just spent a lot of time in and out of hospitals from the ages of you know, five all the way up until like my last surgery when I was 15. Wow. Yeah. And a lot of that, um, that time I couldn't like participate in sports because I had these things called tissue expanders, which basically like boob implants, but in your arm to stretch your skin. Mm. And so like if I like was, you know, wrestling with my brother or anything, they could pop, which they did three times. Oof. <laughs> So it was just a lot. Um, so a lot of that time I had to spend in a hospital bed. And so the only things that would make me feel good was like eating and singing because that's really the only things you can really do in like a hospital bed. Mm. Um, so, you know, that started early um, and culturally at the time, you know, I'm transgender and Latinx and, um, you know, culturally it w I was a girl and they were like, you're getting really big. Mm. You know, like my family and it's just like they do it to each other. God love them. But, you know, it was just always like you you need to lose weight because you won't be able to do this in life. You need to lose weight because it's not good for your health. You know, like weight is such a big deal for my family. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, well, it's all your fault because you make such delicious food. You know, like uh, in my muggle life, I'm a chef. So like I have a very unique you know, I love food. I love everything about food. It's like an artistic expression for me. And I've just never, I've always been one to just kind of be like, why do I have to lose weight? I feel great. So, yeah. you know, just it's always been kind of that. But, you know, part of also like with my body issues already with my scarring and being transgender, like I've been very uncomfortable as a fat man you know, in the performance world, mm -hmm. because it's just, you know, you don't see too many of us out there. Yeah. Um, it's generally like super like, you know, muscular, mm -hmm. small size, you know, petite men. So, you know, it it's it's I've always just kind of been like, well, I'm just going to just kind of continue to be. And, you know, I don't have to take my clothes off if I don't want to, but I'm going to sing the crap out of this song. Yeah. <laughs> Which like you do. <laughs> 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 I've been moved to tears by your voice. Like, you just, yeah, no, which you do. Yeah. Yeah. You are so talented. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So, you know, that's, I'm just trying to kind of like, um, you know, I'm writing music right now, and a lot of it is, tr I'm trying to write empowering music. Awesome. Uh, so that when people sing my music, they're like saying something to themselves out loud that they should be hearing. That's um, beautiful, like positive <laughs> self-talk in song, yeah, you know? Yeah, like I literally wrote a song where, you know, the chorus or, you know, you'll see, but like it's just, I'm good enough, mm. you know? And that was just kind of like, I don't really have to change if I don't want to, mm. you know? And that's, 
you know, that's something that I've been trying to do is just like, I don't go on diets. If I see something I want to eat it, I'm going to eat it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's kind of been my thing lately. So, yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. Okay, so for those, we you both touched on like um, a little bit of your life in the burlesque community, um, but I, it occurs to me that like maybe our listeners don't quite know a lot about burlesque. So maybe if you could tell us a little bit about like sort of what it is overall, um, and kind of your participation within the community. Sure, I I love talking about burlesque. I could talk about it forever. <laughs> um, yes, <laughs> yay. Well, uh, at its simplest form, it is uh, a striptease art so you're essentially dancing and taking your clothes off to music often uh, burlesque is choreographed and often it only goes down to pasties and usually at a minimum like a g-string or a c-string which i just learned what it was recently the c-string <laughs> yes oh yeah <laughs> you told, so right. it's like a really itty bitty undies like it just it's like covers up like the top and the, it's yeah mm-hmm. it's the shape of a c but yeah. you told me what mm-hmm. it was and i was like oh, okay but then i saw someone wearing one i was like that's what it is <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, it's also sometimes called a merkin, but the history of a merkin is technically, I think, now somebody's going to tell me if I'm wrong, but it's like a hairy wig for your, like, mm-hmm, air, you know, like, because uh, there's some really wild and uh, wild nudity laws in, in history, uh, specifically mm-hmm. policing women's bodies. It's, mm. it's fascinating, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> fascinating and awful because, like, stop policing my bodies. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's, I mean, that's like the basis of burlesque, like around, I don't know, feel free if you want to add anything, Blaze. I, I just always mm-hmm. thought that burlesque is kind of like the, the protest of saying no, like uh, you can mm. objectify me right now because I'm allowing you to. Mm. Um, so like on your terms. Yeah, exactly. So it's just kind of like owning your power as a sexual being and like using it for financial profit, you know, in some instances or just for, you know, adrenaline i mean i certainly get an adrenaline when i do burlesque (laughs) like you know it's just kind of like oh my god um but yeah it's just kind of an expression i don't know i I think it's very beautiful i think it's like very centered too around like you know female empowerment um and you know as a as a man in burlesque community i definitely i'm like you know this is for women you know and i'm it's it's not you know it's just kind of like it's they take the lead. You mm-hmm, know, this is their mm-hmm. domain. I am a guest in their house. Oh, I yeah. That. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I, I'm going to add a point, if you don't mind. Please I would do. like to make clarification on what the difference between burlesque and stripping is. Okay. And I want to make the point that stripping is not lesser than burlesque. There's mm-hmm. no whore-archy. Oh, like, I argue with her. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, strippers are hardworking individuals out in clubs that usually have more interactions with their audience members. They're, they do not have less art in their work. Mm-hmm. It is not uh, like easier. And yes, they're probably making more money than me, uh, which is they should be. They deserve it. So just I just want to be clear that yeah. there's burlesque is not better than stripping. It's just in a club. different in it's some different, ways, right? Yeah. yeah. Generally, burlesque is a hobby. You know, ah. for most people, like I can go pay. Well, people will come to me to pay to take a class in burlesque that they're going to do casually and have some fun with, mm-hmm. um, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Is there a lot of plus size representation in burlesque kind of overall and or locally? 
think that's a great question. Um, I mean, I like make a point to immerse myself into as much like fat and plus size burlesque as possible. Yeah. So perhaps my perception is skewed, but I, I don't know. I want more regardless of what there is. Like I just want more. And I think, I think the work to create more space for fat performers is happening. Mm -hmm. So I guess my answer would be no. I don't think there's an, enough mm-hmm. <laughs> what do you think yeah, I, I would agree I think that there's still room for more I mean I've definitely been happily surprised like I was just at Jeezy's juke joint mm-hmm. and yes. I was just like I cried I cried because there was like this performance where it was all these beautiful big beautiful women um, mm-hmm. they were a Texas crew which is I'm gonna figure out their name so I can give them a shout out. But they did this number. For the Fat Bottom Cabaret. Yes, fat, thank you. So yeah, so they did this whole, like beautiful, like they all had hoodies. They came out and they mm. were like fight the power. And at the end, they take it off and they all had white tank tops, that said like you know, fat, ugly, like all these things. And then they turned around and said resilient and love ah. and hope. And it was just like. Yeah, I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) So like I I, it's definitely been an improvement from Mm. what I've seen, how burlesque has progressed. Um, But I still think that it's not equal. Like I see it more. I don't see it like at an international or like a national level. Like locally, we're definitely a lot better at it. Mm -hmm. But when I've kind of been out of town, I've noticed it's still fairly, you know, small bodies. And that's kind of. Mm-hmm. You know, a little disappointing, but yeah, yeah. more than a little, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, sp- like our big main competitions are still like, like the Burlesque Hall of Fame or Viva Las Vegas are still lacking um, representation more than just skinny white women. Yeah. So I think we can like, you know, yeah. bring the conversation to be bigger than just like fat people too. Totally. So. Yeah. I, I definitely mm-hmm. don't see a lot of fat men. Mm-hmm. That's definitely yeah. like a. I can think of like one person. Yeah, I like even in drag, seen. like I know of maybe two fat drag kings, mm-hmm. and I don't count because I I choose not to identify it as a drag king anymore. Um, so I mean that's it's just, you know, it's sometimes too. It's like I was talking to one that recent, you know, used to be a drag king, but he's no longer practicing. But it was just like disappointing to see the starch difference in way that people pay attention to your performance yeah like you know it's just it's been kind of like as a as a big male performer I have to be funny I can't necessarily Mm. I don't make money by trying to be sexy Mm -hmm. in terms of tips I make money by being funny and so like you know because of that I've run into this issue where sometimes like I don't feel good about it after yeah because it's just like were you laughing with me or at me oh Mm -hmm. yeah you know and so I I've kind of, it, it, I was vulnerable and like, you know, I was like, I actually strip, you know, as mm-hmm. much as I was like comfortable with. But mm-hmm. after that, I just haven't just because like, um, you know, I've just seen some faces like when I'm like trying to be sexy and it's just like you can see oh, yeah. kind of like the disgust that people like what I'm reading. And it's mm-hmm. just kind of like, you know, is she afterwards? So. Yeah, that's been something that I've unfortunately noticed and, you know, but I still am like, that's why I'm like, I'm going to have a damn sparkly suit so you can't take your eyes off of me. <laughs> <laughs> to, change, to turn that around. Yeah. 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 
So Diva, not only do you perform, mm-hmm. but you teach. You're a teacher. And you teach a lot of classes ex- exclusively, some exclusively for mm-hmm. people in larger bodies. Um, how do you focus on body positivity and fat positivity as a teacher? Oh, I think this is such a hard question. <laughs> like I asked my husband, I'm like, how, how do I do this? And I'm like, I don't do this. I just like do a class. And it's just right. I don't know. <laughs> and he's like, no, no, like stop of course you're doing this like um i i love to encourage um taking up space mm-hmm. um and I, I i do take this into my like non like exclusively plus size classes too yeah. but i think holding space and allowing yourself to be big and large and in charge is so such an important lesson um especially when working with um like working with women uh women are often told like just be tiny and you know don't don't be noticed like "Mm, it's fine (laughs) when when i think it is so important to be able to like tap into that skill of being the biggest person in the room and still and and just taking taking over right yeah um i also uh i also like to challenge my students um i have found that if I just choreograph an act um, and like create moves that I want to see people do, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm keeping in mind of accessibility, of course, like mm-hmm. we always want to be mindful, like like that things aren't painful or causing harm. Yeah. But I find so many people can just rise to the occasion to like, oh no, like just shake your butt this way. Like I promise the audience wants to see it. <laughs> they want to see it so badly. Like you just, you don't even know how good you look. Um, I just love providing those kind of like opportunities and those moments. Cause we just don't get that. Yeah. Like, you know, as normal humans, like walking around the street, like, I don't know where I, I don't walk around that much, but um, <laughs> <laughs> like, like we just don't get to be in these spaces where we can be unapologetically sexy, no matter what. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Do you mind if I share like a little anecdote or c- a couple of anecdotes? Yes, yeah. go ahead. Yes, okay, cool. Because these are two of my favorite things that I want to tell share. us. Tell the people. Um, you were there for this. I Ooh. will. I think unless you left early. I will never forget being in a room where everybody's thighs clapped together and made a sound at the same time. That was in um, one of my... uh a class I did last September. I don't even before it was the yeah the show for, we did for our kids show yeah yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just such a moving, moving moment to have a room of like of of plus size folks just thigh clapping. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. I've never been with that many people in the same body as me, yeah. and I I needed that so badly. So I feel like if I need that, and I'm like walking around and a thong and a bra a lot all the time like i imagine <laughs> a lot of us others, do right yeah right yeah yeah no and like i've i've had the opportunity to to work with um students that you know start in the back of the room and then next week they move up and then like six months down the line they're like showing up in crop tops and shorts and just like it's it's just so great to like like be 
able to provide those opportunities. I'm just like living my best life. Yeah. Well, you're just like creating so much <laughs> space and you're serving as a really like positive example too, you know, oh, thank like you. maybe that's part of why, like when you, you mentioned you're talking to your husband, like mm-hmm. trying to figure out like, well, what do I really do? Mm-hmm. But it's like you just show up and perform at like a really high level and like kind of just encourage folks around you to follow suit. Right. And like, you're just doing what other burlesque performers are doing, but because you're doing it right. in your fat body and like mm-hmm. not, apologizing for a second about it mm-hmm. like that is i think it's a really big it's re- it, it, it speaks to people thank yeah, you it's, it's sexy it is it's fucking <laughs> sexy like, like, yes it's, it's kind of like a story about that the first time i saw diva perform i was like oh my god yeah like you know oh, i was no. like i was like oh my god i'm turned on like and the what i loved about it was just like i'm so used to seeing like thin skinny like that's you know what i'm told that is sexy and i'm mm-hmm. just like no, like I want curves. I want, you know, mm. like I want something I can mm-hmm. like, you know, hold on to, you know. So like that, that for me, was like super refreshing to just kind of see her just like, yes. And I was like, yes, queen. Like I was like, you can tell me what to do. I'll do it. <laughs> mm. yes. So Thank you, you. yeah, that's, that's what I, I love about that. Cause it's just like you give by you being yourself, you also give space to other, like to people that are, turned on by you to just be like yeah i am turned on by fat bodies and it's okay yeah and just like to see more fat bodies in the world doing all types of things and that includes burlesque right Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, it's just like it's like it's powerful you Mm -hmm. know yeah i so love like what y'all have been talking about about like presenting being like the person who's giving consent for other people to see you up there having the time of your life what does it feel like to perform? Because I imagine we've got some listeners who might be thinking about what it looks like to take up space in the way that y'all have been talking about. So I want to hear the oh. benefits and what that rush feels like. I mean, I have done it around literally 10,000 people. And like, it's like the <laughs> most adrenaline pumps. Like, like it's just you, my endorphins are like, oh my God, all these people are looking <laughs> at me and I feel powerful. And it, it's just like, I don't know. It's like, I'm I'm addicted to the rush. Mm-hmm. Like I it's just so it feels so good. It feels like validating. It feels mm-hmm. powerful. And it's just like my whole body's on fire and I'm like, I'm a different person. Like I'm not even who you know, like mm-hmm. I just get to be that character and just like fully immerse myself in it. And like afterwards I usually have to like stay up for a while or something because <laughs> I'm just like, That was awesome. You know, you're just <laughs> like, Yeah, like if you could fist pump yourself afterwards, <laughs> like that's you'd be like probably what I would do but yeah it's just it's a rush yeah it's it's really great to give yourself that permission Mm -hmm. to just like to shake off whatever like crappy things the world tells you you have to be and for those you know four minutes and 30 seconds you can just take you can just do it you can just take up that space you can just take your corset off you can like <laughs> you know like take your tits out and like them mm-hmm. or whatever you want mm-hmm. um it's i mean it, it took me a long time to get there mind you like i mean i've like i've, I've been working on this for a while and <laughs> mm-hmm. but it feels outstanding it just it, it, especially there's nothing better than like doing a little stage dive a stripper dive or like the splits over a pile of money that has been thrown mm-hmm. at your <laughs> naked fat body it is the best thing in the world <laughs> it, 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 it truly it, yeah 
I, I guess for me too, it's a different thing because being a vocalist, mm -hmm. um, exactly. I literally can use words and you know, like I, it feels good to kind of like cry with people. Like mm -hmm. I, I look at it as that as a way to like, let's all take this like four minutes and 30 seconds of me singing you this song. And I want you all to feel it. Like I love being able to look into somebody's eyes and just like sing the song to them because it's like, I've literally had people tell me afterwards that they're like, I felt like you were singing that to me and I've been having a hard day and I just needed to hear that. And that is just like, you know, that for me, it feels like a superpower. Like mm -hmm. it's just like, I'm a care bear, but like, the Care Bear stare comes out of my throat. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, you're like physically like molding people's lives around you and you're manifesting these emotions through different yeah. artistry, which mm -hmm. is so amazing. Very cool. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you. Yeah, that was thanks. a great question. That was. <laughs> okay, Blaze, we want to hear about your karaoke championship and like what that process was like. How did you earn the title? Tell us everything. Okay, so it started three years ago at this bar called Cliff and Norms. So I was picking up my partner or like waiting for them to be done teaching. Um, and I was just like, oh, there was a big sign that says Karaoke World Championship. And I was like, I'm good at singing. I was the, you know, Innuendo Idol 2009 <laughs> before that bar closed. So I was like, I got this. <laughs> so I just kind of went into this bar and I qualified. And so then I went on to win the bar title. And then after the bar title, I went on to win the state title. And after the state, then I got a free trip to Seattle where I competed at nationals mm -hmm. and I got fifth place. So that was in 2016. Uh, was my first year and I was like for my first round getting fifth in the nation I mean if you think about it that's 3,000 people or so that I competed against mm -hmm. after you know with everything all the numbers so then the following year I went back again and this time I went with a duet partner from Minnesota uh, Beth who is amazing um, and we went on to duets we won the national title and then we went on to win silver in Helsinki Finland for the world final Awesome. Um, yeah. So then after that, I went, I was like, I'm hungry because I really wanted the gold. And, yeah. it, you know, I was like, <laughs> no, <laughs> I was kind of mad. There's like some drama about it, but it was like, <laughs> I feel like I've been on this journey with you just like watching and like, right, right. Like it was just like, I must get revenge. <laughs> you know, it really, must win. yeah. <laughs> so I like worked really hard, got with a vocal coach and then I went back to nationals and I won the whole thing. And the Dang. unique thing about this year is that in past years, it was always categorized by gender. So it was a mm. female title and a male title. Mm -hmm. This was the first year that it was just any like male versus female and all, you know, winner takes all. Like there's one champion instead of gendered. Mm. So it was just like controversy, oh. um, you know, because they're like, oh, my God. So then I ended up competing and. And then I won and it was one of the hardest. Oh, my God. Like it was like. Oh, uh, the last I didn't think I had it. It was like I got third. I was in third place after the first song, third place after the second. After the third song, I was in fifth place and I had to be top 10. Mm -hmm. And so I got into the top 10 and then the scoreboard completely erases because the guy that was beating me in first place was winning me, beating me by 30 points. Mm -hmm. So like I had I was like, no, but then they cleared the scorecard at the last song. And instead of me singing in the order first, like I was earlier, it flipped. So now I was second to last to sing at the final. 
And the guy who was beating and kicking my butt, which he's an amazing singer, mm-hmm. um, screwed up. Oh. He did uh, Fix You, and he messed up a lyric. But oh. you could tell that he just kind of, like, messed up That's his true. flow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just kind of had this moment of, like, like you gotta win this yeah, you like can, this like happen. rocky you know like <laughs> i was just like you know, like literally i was like you gotta do yeah. this <laughs> so i went to this little bathroom that smelled like finished butt because it was just like i don't know what was going on but it was literally the size of a like small closet mm-hmm. and i practiced in there and i was in my uh bedazzled suit and i got the idea to put the trans flag in mm-hmm. my pocket mm-hmm. and i said you know what even if i don't win I made a statement today. Mm-hmm. So I went up there, sang my song, pulled out the flag. I looked over. Everybody was in tears. Uh, and it was yeah. one of these. Yep. It was like in this old opera house, yeah. like European style opera mm-hmm. house. So it was split level. Mm-hmm. The top levels where the judges were watching you. So I was like pointing at them and like making eye contact. Mm-hmm. And I could see, you know, like I was just like, I got this. I, like I was just like so nervous when I got up there. But when I started singing, I was like, I got this. Yeah. Uh, and then I won. So, (laughs) (laughs) so yeah, so it was, it was pretty, pretty amazing. I had an amazing time in Helsinki, Finland. Um, so it's been really awesome. And part of my prize is now that I get to go to the international final again this year and it's in Tokyo, Japan, which I get flight and hotel paid. That's great. So, and then I get to perform there in national TV. Oh, so cool. Yes. Yeah, so I'm pretty I'm pretty excited because you know Japan's a bucket list location, so I'm like yeah. yeah. Um, but you know I'm also just working on some things locally and working on my EP, and it's just like after winning that, I felt so validated that I was like uh-uh, I'm writing my own music. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, this is so <laughs> cool. Yes. Yeah, no, it's it's pretty cool. It's a pretty cool conversation starter icebreaker to be like, I'm actually the world karaoke champion, and people are like, really? <laughs> you win all two truths and a lie, like the best one to use. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just like people are like, really? And then I can like I pull up the video, and they're like, oh my god, because you know, you. yeah, because the, the, you know them, they're like, prove it, and mm-hmm. I'm like, okay. <laughs> oh, so cool. Uh-huh. Okay, final question. Generally, like, how can burlesque just be more fat positive in terms of folks performing, but also those of us who are patronizing? Um, what can people be considering or thinking about to be more fat positive in those spaces? Cool. I'll go first. Um, <laughs> I have feelings. Um, Tell us. Uh, producers, please cast us. Cast me. <laughs> um, cast. Yeah. You me know, too. bring us out. Yeah, please do. Of course you. <laughs> I'd, I'd cast you. Yeah, yes, no. you have. <laughs> We've cast you. Mm-hmm. Right, cast? No, yeah. okay. Um, focus. So, <laughs> yeah, producers, please cast us um, and pay us and pay us what you're going to pay your fin performers. Uh, book us in your festivals. Put us in your competitions. That I mean, there. <laughs> Give us jobs. There you go. That's I mean, that's simple as that, hopefully. Right. Um, patrons uh, don't. I read this on Facebook that I guess patrons go to the bathroom during fat performers. What? Uh, I I don't know. Don't do that. I'm not an, an intermission. Like, watch me. Wa- yeah. Watch me. Uh, you're going to like it. Don't worry. <laughs> Tip me. Uh, maybe send. Give me two dollars instead of one because I got more space that needs more rhinestones <laughs> than the smaller performer. Yeah. Hey, it's a matter of volume. Um, 
and and please come to all fat shows come on out like it's gonna be a great show uh trust me like fat performers have to have to be amazing to be there so they're going to be um and then other burlesque performers uh i ask you to please keep the backstage area um uh diet talk and like wait like a weight free zone yeah i don't want to hear i look so fat like right guess what honey like i'm gonna be bigger than you no matter what and so you're don't like i'm already gonna be in a vulnerable state of taking all my clothes off like let's keep it positive everybody Mm -hmm. looks amazing like you know we're all here for each other so let's take our bodies out of this for a moment i definitely agree with all that i would also say when you are casting fat performers, cast more than one. Mm-hmm. We yeah. shouldn't just be the token, like, you know, 10%, like, mm-hmm. hire multiple, because we're bo- we're all talented, we all do something different. I wouldn't be the world karaoke champion if I didn't sing very well. Mm-hmm. So, and I, you, I don't know a lot of singers in the burlesque community that can sing to the level that I can. So it's mm-hmm. like, I've earned it, I've worked for it, I'm going to bring a good show, a good thing, so like, hire me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, you know, just also, like, to audience members, don't act disgusted if I show you my body because it's a very vulnerable moment and it might not be your thing, but also doesn't mean that you have to yuck my yum. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and tip me because I worked really hard and my costumes are more expensive than than people's costumes. Absolutely. Because I have to pay. I can't just wear a suit. I have to go find the suit. Then I have to get it tailored. Then I have to rhinestone it. And it's just like, it costs a lot to look as good as I do. And by you not adequately tipping me, I can't sustain myself as a performer. Mm-hmm. And that's not cool. That's not fair because I've worked really hard to get to where I am. Um, so, yeah, that. And then, yeah, to other performers, I agree. Don't bring up your diet backstage and stuff because... You know, I'm just probably going to be like, well, I have a seafood diet. I see food and I eat it like, you know, that's it's just like, don't don't bring that. It's like you're beautiful. We're all beautiful, whatever. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, I can lend you my body positive zone poster from yes. the shop. You can bring it <laughs> to your backstages, yes. set it right up next to you while you put your makeup on. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> I'm just playing. But really, like, you know, if everyone could um, kind of hold themselves to that, mm-hmm. like, just uh, to be creating body positive spaces wherever they are, mm-hmm. wouldn't the world be better, right? Oh, yeah. 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 Mind if I add one more thing? Go for it, please. Um, to other fat performers out there, uh, reach out to other fat performers. Yeah. Like, there's nothing better than, like, sitting backstage with the one other <laughs> fat performer and you know, from another state and talking about how... It's it's the same. It's the same over in New York, just like it is in Minnesota. Mm. You know, like connect and like maybe the more we work together, the more we can create change. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's the goal. <laughs> it is, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, then that's a great like sentiment to end on, I think, as well. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for telling us your story. As, as a, a matter, matter of fact. Matter of fact. Ooh, that was so 
fun, double trouble. So wonderful to hear from two truly amazing folks. I cannot wait till I have the chance to see Diva perform again and to weep to the emotions that Blaze creates. Yes. And like you heard in the interview, Diva and I co-produced a plus-size exclusive burlesque show last year, um, and Blaze was in it, uh, and we'll be doing another one later this fall. So I cannot wait. In case you cannot wait, (laughs) you can keep up with Diva and Blaze on social media to see when and where you can catch a performance. We'll link them all in the show notes. And consider taking a class with Diva at her Rose Academy of Burlesque. Um, She wanted us to share that the first session of the Rose Academy just wrapped up, and the second session is now taking students and aside from the usual array of burlesque classes this session will have a basic burlesque class for larger bodies only and yeah. an application-based plus-size dance crew called the house of rose oh, so cool uh, sign up at roseacademyofburlesque.com and find rose academy of burlesque on social media we'll link to diva we'll link to blaze and we'll link to rose academy of burlesque all in our show notes all the links well we're getting to that time Dirt and Discourse. It's time for the Dirt and Discourse. This is where we dive into the excitement and discomfort around relevant pop and cultural happenings. This episode, we're going to talk about what Kat has been referring to as the fire fest of the fat community. Okay, truly. (laughs) So um, first, let's chat about the discourse and dirt around yeah, what I do think is like Firefest level awfulness. Ooh, give them the scenario, babe. Also, I didn't have any idea of this until Kat shared it with me. So she'll be presenting a lot of the exposition of the situation. Okay, so a few months ago, there was a fat-focused retreat experience put on by Bevan of Fat Kid Dance Party. It was called Fat Mur Camp, and the theme was established, no doubt, because of known, or maybe in part because of known fat photographer Suge, who did an underwater photo session as part of the retreat. If you're not familiar with this, like I wasn't, don't worry, we'll post links to this in the show notes. To be honest, it wasn't super on my radar until, like when it happened, until several weeks after, um... The several participants who were part of the retreat started posting on social media about their experiences, and a lot of things went wrong, like a lot of things, like Firefest a lot. Okay, and you like you get what I'm saying here. Like I don't think this is actually as bad, like as big as the Firefest, but I just mean like on the fat community scale, this sure. feels like Firefest level, you know. Mm-hmm. So the retreat center was on a former working plantation in Florida. Yeah. There was, like, a work trade component for tickets. So from what I understand, like, folks who maybe couldn't afford to go or pay full price um, were able to do, like, some work at the camp to help kind of pay their way, sort of. But it ended up being almost exclusively or perhaps exclusively people of color in those work trade roles and then white people in, like, full price paying roles. Gross, 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 gross. on On a plantation. Um, There's just inadequate accommodations, including beds that were too small, some that didn't have proper mattresses, bathrooms that were too small for fat bodies, narrow, steep stairwells that were difficult to navigate. There wasn't enough food for everyone, Mm. but apparently the organizer had extra food locked in her vehicle. There's poor organization and communication around, like, travel times and workshops and, like, who needed to be responsible for rides where, that kind of thing. Mm. During the retreat... BIPOC attendees expressed concerns about the retreat and they were like ignored or um, they were met with defensiveness by Bevan, the organizer. And just like based on the accounts that people had to share, just so much really inappropriate behavior from Bevan. Mm. So these posts are all detailed under like the hashtag FatMurCamp2019 on Instagram. That's where I like I got all this information that I've been sharing. 
When it came to light, I, of course, like went to see what Bevan was saying about all of this. Like, could there be other explanations? Was she apologizing? Was she making it right? And from what I've seen, it, it doesn't really, she did not respond well, um, mm. by my estimation. Lots of like centering herself and her business, um, kind of in these like sort of half attempts to apologize. So throughout all of this, I've been really conflicted. Like, should I say something to her, to anyone on here or not at all? Mm-hmm. And like, even by talking about this here, like, am I doing too much? Are we doing too much? Am I overstepping? Or am I not even like doing the minimum that I need to be calling fellow white people out for their like white lady bullshit? TM, 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 TM. <laughs> Bevan is not a friend or close professional connection, but we do have or we have had some professional interactions. Like when she was here last year for a Fat Kid Dance Party event, we held a little meet and greet for her at the shop. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that also ties into like how should I or want to be, you know, responding to all this. Mm-hmm. Also, Seeing this play out and observing the aftermath, like how it was handled poorly, um, really, I want to say like it hits close to home, but not because I've like found myself wrapped up in anything like this before. But it it makes me feel a little bit how I was feeling when I was watching those Firefest documentaries. Mm -hmm. Like as someone who has a business and plans events as part of that business, it's like I can see how things are going wrong, you know, Mm -hmm. in what they're doing and know like, oh, man, I'm just like one decision away from going down that path. Or it feels like it feels like it might be like that. Again, I'm really like projecting and or internal, or, you know, I'm doing all the things <laughs> it's, there. It's kind of like a choose your own adventure, yeah. right? But like it's 20, hindsight is 2020. So we can look much, back and yeah. say like, oh, that was a weird choice. Why did you make that choice? But at the moment, especially you who are planning events around ideas and situations like this, it's like, well, what could go wrong? Yeah, I think. So there's a few things here. Um, one big question is like, who is in your corner and helps mm-hmm. keep you accountable? So for instance, <laughs> my most recent pop cultural, uh, you know, connection to this is like Taylor Swift at the Billboard Music Awards. Oof, dumb. Had a marching band. Not ideal after B's homecoming released be- before that. Like, <sighs> it was amazing. It was beautiful. So, like, who is there that you can go to to walk through some of these decisions or help make sure, like, you're accounting for everybody? Yeah. It's just like, who is in her corner that's not being like, hey, maybe think, maybe, maybe it's weird to choose a maybe plantation. Don't do that. Yeah. Maybe, like, you couldn't account for the fact that a lot of the folks who are coming to do work trade are going to be people of color but maybe be aware of that or have scholarships available or something like maybe that make sure fat people can fit in the bathroom yeah there's just a lot of pieces to that that maybe if again we don't know the whole story yeah, of course, but of course. what comes back to it for me too is like whose voice isn't present in these yeah. decisions and that's usually a good guiding question to help you figure out of what's inclusive or not and if you don't know the answer to it that's when you go ask the folks in your corner who can maybe walk through that with you mm-hmm. I also want to tie this back to our Virgie Tovar acknowledgement in the first episode of this oh, season. Yeah. So, like, we as a bigger community, huh, no pun intended, <laughs> but, like, maybe pun intended, <laughs> now have more opportunities to make mistakes and have egregious errors come forward or, like, rise to the top. Yeah. So I'm not saying that everyone deserves a chance or is beyond reprimand in the community. Um, rather, I think there's an opportunity with each egregious error to see a person as a complex experience, shaking and rattling the structures that we talk about on this podcast episode in and episode out um like if you've done something wrong do the work to recognize and reduce harm it can't be redacted or repaired but like like what would be an acceptable outcome um when Kat let me know about this, I went to IG to see what was popping off. And she had an IGTV spot acknowledging the harm that was done. 
Bevan, yeah. not me. Sorry. That sounded a little bit like me. Cat <laughs> is doing so much harm. <laughs> no, no. But like, so I went to Bevan's account to just kind of see what was going on. And she said she's working with an accountability coach. She wasn't going to speak further at that time, but would be de- detailing her work through her blog about working through harm reduction. Mm-hmm. And I felt just like, mm, just like real nebulous at the time, like uh, unclear. Yeah, right. I do think that perhaps she is, like, listening and maybe trying to course correct a little bit. Like, her last Instagram post, or the last, at at this time of recording, Mm -hmm. um, she did acknowledge some of that, like, the feedback people have been saying about how, like, stuff is so nebulous, not taking accountability, et cetera, et cetera. I think this lends itself to cancel culture a little Mm -hmm. bit. So, that's, like, a whole nother episode for us to dive into. Which, like, maybe it will be. It's on our list. Maybe. (laughs) Um, But it's so easy to write off someone who exists as an online entity, but we, as a community, have the opportunity to hold each other accountable for sustained contributions to individual and like group growth. Mm-hmm. So like, I didn't feel super confident talking through this on the podcast because I don't have the receipts and or wasn't there, but we both felt a type of way about this. Yeah. So like tuning into that feeling of discomfort uh-huh, during discourse mm-hmm, and time mm-hmm, into the mm-hmm. discomfort, uh, instead of ignoring it or simply just gossiping about the situation, we're using MOF as a space to have a genuine conversation to do the work and uphold standards for us and others. Um, also, Billy McFarland is canceled. He's the Firefest guy. He's canceled. He, yeah. My Magnesis canceled. card just doesn't work anymore. Magnesis <laughs> card. And that's the dirt and discourse. That's the dirt and discourse. S2E2, friends. You got the dirt and discourse. The amazing double interview of Blaze and Diva. And rundown of events that are around the corner. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please, please, please subscribe, rate, and review our podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen. And catch us in two weeks on another episode of Matter Matter of Fact. Fact.